0: Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. Today, we continue our series on the parables of Jesus. For all who have ears, let them hear. Samantha Carnell continues our series by looking at the parable of the unmerciful servant. We must be willing to forgive one another. This message was recorded on November 2nd, 2023 at Gunter Hall at UNC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are. Leave as a new creation. Hey, uh, we're going to get into the Word. You guys bring a Bible? You guys bring a Bible? I just unplugged my Bible. Okay, there it is. (laughs) Hey, did you know, did you know that in Chi Alpha, we believe that women can preach the word of God? Can you imagine that? There, (laughs) there are, okay, listen, the Bible, the Bible is an incredible book, right? However, if we don't study the Bible correctly, if we don't interpret the Bible correctly, we can run into some really dangerous beliefs. And one of those beliefs is that only half of the human population is allowed to preach the word of God. That's just not true, <laughs> right? We believe that any Christian, any Christian has the responsibility to preach, right? And so, man, we just love it when women preach, because they can preach, right? Yeah. Man, Samantha, you guys know Samantha, right? So, <laughs> who is she? She's been on staff longer than like most of us, right? Uh, been in Chi Alpha here UNC for since the beginning, and uh, she, has, uh, she is our missions director along with her Im- incredible husband, Caleb. And uh, she, this girl can preach, man. If you haven't heard her before, you can go back and, and uh, also watch her past sermons on YouTube. But I want you all to give an incredible welcome to Samantha Carnell. Give it up. Woo!
1: Thanks, Duncan. Hi, guys. Mrs. How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah? Good? Sorry, Duncan. I'm going to ruin up your setup. (laughs) All right. All righty. Well, I don't know about you guys tonight, but the um, hold on. Sorry, guys. God is good. So, but yeah, if you guys don't know, we are in a series, um, The Parables of Jesus, right? So we are about halfway done, right? Hold on, guys. I'm going to need something. Liv, can you hand me my phone? My. Woo! woo, woo. Audience Audience participation. Did you guys just hear that Liv just started eating meat?
0: All right, guys. Good.
1: Yeah, we love them. Love them.
0: It's a good the show
1: Let's hope Amen. he will. <laughs> All righty. Sorry, guys, my phone just decided to not show up any of the sermon tonight, but we got it. All right. right. Well, how is everybody doing? Good? Good? I don't know about you, but okay, so I don't drink coffee a lot, and so I just drank the new Starbucks because they just had their fall or their holiday drinks, and my hands are like (laughs) shaking. So I'm not nervous, but I probably should not be drinking espresso past like 6 p.m. No, so that was my fault. (laughs) But yeah, we're continuing in the parables of Jesus tonight. Um, And tonight we are going to be starting in Matthew 18. So before we go through everything, I'm just going to pray over the night and for our hearts to be ready. Okay, all right. So Lord Jesus, we invite you into this room tonight. Holy Spirit, I pray that you are with us. Holy Spirit, you are welcomed into this room, into our hearts. And Jesus, I just pray that you would convict us tonight, Lord, what needs to be convicted. Jesus, that you would just stir us, Lord, and that you just would not leave us here changed or unchanged. Um, Jesus, I hope that you just be with us tonight. Jesus, and that, Lord, that you would just help us. Jesus, we love you. In your name, we pray. Amen. All righty. Amen. Sorry, guys. I'm having so much technical technical difficulties. It's my shaking hands. My goodness. right guys well I seriously can't find anything so we honestly might just be going off of my slides we might just do this (laughs) this might be the Holy Spirit just you know exiting off everything that I just wrote tonight okay it'll come all right Lord (laughs) just be with me (laughs) okay so if you guys can open your book to Matthew 18 chapter 18 We're going to be starting in verse 21. See, you're going to have to help me. There we go. All right. All right. Let's start reading from there. So it says here, Then Peter came to Jesus, and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. All right? So this is a lot to take in, right? We see here that we have this servant. We don't know who this servant is. We don't know who the master is that he's talking to. But we have this servant who has this unpayable debt, right? And he goes to his master and he asks him. He's like, please, can you please just have patience with me, have patience with me, he needs patience to pay back this debt, um, now what I thought is interesting is when Jesus responds to this, he says, okay, well, you can forgive, or you should forgive, but forgive 70 times seven, and what I think is interesting is before Jesus says this, Peter, he, he kind of like, he you, you can see that he acts like generous in a sense, right, he's like, well, I've forgiven him seven times, like, and which is pretty interesting when I was doing research for this, actually rabbis would instruct and teach that you can forgive someone three times, and past the third time, then you don't really have to forgive anymore, right, so from Peter's perspective, you can see here, and you know, he's saying this, and it sounds like he's just like, okay, you know, that's fine. I'm being generous. I forgive him seven times, so I don't need to forgive him anymore, right, which is really interesting, but Jesus counters this and says, no, you need to forgive him 70 times seven. Now, if you do the math on this, it counts up to 490 times, and so I don't think that we should be taking this so literally into thinking that, you know, let's forgive someone 490 times and then pass that to 491 times then he's out like that's let's not take this literally as what Jesus is getting here but as he's saying this he's instructing Peter that you are supposed to forgive someone an unlimited amount of times right not 490 times not 491 times but no matter what someone does to you or does wrong against you that you need to forgive them does that make sense so as, Peter, or as Jesus is telling him this, um, and as Jesus says this parable to him, I think it's really interesting what I found in this, is that um, the servant, when he responds to Jesus, or sorry, when the servant responds to his master, he's not asking for forgiveness, but he's asking for patience, yeah. right? Which I find it really, really interesting, because... Truly, what the servant needs is forgiveness. He doesn't need patience. Yes. For the servant thought that he just needed patience, but he truly just needed forgiveness. Right? Now, I think this is really, really crucial in today's age, in today's time. Right? I think especially us as a society and just in our world in general... Forgiveness is something that we don't take very lightly. We especially don't like to attribute forgiveness to other people, right? We live in this kind of, I would say, like cancel culture society, right? For example, like if Liv, I'm just gonna call her out because she brought me on my phone. (laughs) But if Liv did anything to me and I don't like, you know, what she said or what she said offended me, Cancel culture will just tell me, okay, then you're just done, right? Or if something that she said offends me or something even, let's go there even politically, right? If we don't have the same political views, then it's just, nope, she's out of my life. But Jesus doesn't respond to us in this way, right? right? Now, I also find it really, really interesting in this parable how... um, Afterwards, when the servant goes back home, and we'll read this again, when the servant goes back home, he responds in a completely different manner, right? So let's keep reading. In Matthew 18. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called a servant, you wicked servant, he said, Now, truthfully, guys, this is a lot to take in, right? Now, if we want to start from the beginning of how this servant, this forgiven servant responds to this, I don't think, at least I don't think any of us would respond in this situation that if we were forgiven and then go to a friend, I don't think that we shouldn't, we, any of us would respond in the fact that we would choke them, right? And if we did, then you should probably go see a therapist. (laughs) But... I don't think we respond in this way, but I think a lot of us can respond internally in this type of situation, right? When it says here, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. Now, I think a lot of Christians, when they see this kind of response, we don't really like to admit that we respond in a certain way. But unfortunately, a lot of us do. I know especially in my past that I've responded in this type of way, when we don't literally go up to our friends and choke them, but we can respond in holding grudges against our friends, right? And no matter what kind of situations. And honestly, I think a lot of this is because, and why we don't forgive people is because of two reasons and two excuses that we're gonna get into tonight. The first reason is I'll forgive them once they repent or apologize. Now, personally, I think this one really, really hits home for a lot of us, right? And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, how this servant responds to holding a grudge against his fellow servant, right? I'll yeah. forgive them once they repent or apologize. Now, a lot of people, especially Christians, are we will say that this type of response is actually justified because that's what Jesus did for us, right? In order for us as believers to accept God's forgiveness, then we need to repent, right? Because if we don't repent and admit the sins that we have, then what is there to forgive for, right? But I think when we respond in this type of situation, it leads us into a place where we put ourselves at level with God right because we are in no business to tell another person another believer even another non-believer we're in no business to say unless you apologize then I won't forgive you right because if Jesus who is perfect who is holy he has done nothing wrong to any of us in anyone in the whole world If he can be willing to be in such a humble state to forgive us, then why do we think that we are so holy and righteous that we have to wait for someone to apologize before we can accept or before we can extend forgiveness, right? The second one is I'm still angry and healing, so I just can't forgive you. Now, personally, I think this is something that hits the most hard with me, right? Because I think that sometimes we can, we don't separate these two ideas of forgiveness and healing, right? I don't think we do this a lot. But I think that we, we neglect this and we neglect the forgiveness of forgiving other people, then it can turn into bitterness. And so I don't want to sit up here and just preach at you guys of the, how bad forgiveness is, but I just want us to go to scripture to see what this really is. So if you can pull that up, CJ. Let's just read straight from scripture. Strive for, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, I think that from we can just get here, that bitterness is not a good thing, right? I mean, it it literally says in James slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, right, and I think that bitterness in itself is something that we as believers and non-believers too, we're all humans and we all have moments, that bitterness is something that so easily can creep into our lives, right, we're sitting here with a friend, we're talking with someone, and all of a sudden they say something that just irks you, right, it just rubs you the wrong way, And so you go home, and you think about it more, and you just replay this moment over and over and over in your head. And the more that you think about it, the more that that thing just starts to irk at you even more, right? And so you can't deal with that feeling. So you go and you think that you can just find a friend that will listen to you through it, and you tell them because you're seeking support, but after that, telling them and basically basically gossiping to your friend about it, then they start to justify that angerness and they justify that bitterness in you. So then it keeps going more and more. And it gets to a point where even a friend, they tell you this person's name and this name is brought up and you start to cringe, right? It just starts angering you. So you start to find more and more ways in your head To start justifying yourself in your position of why you're angry with this person. And you start to basically villainize. And this literally all starts with bitterness. It all starts when we take hurt, when we take things that people say to us, and we just let it sit in our hearts and just let it destroy us. Spiritually and emotionally. Right? It all starts when we don't take this hurt and we don't submit it to Jesus and let him do the work, right? And I think what's really, really interesting about this is because as I was praying and just asking the Lord for what to talk about before this, the biggest thing that he was just telling me is the words of compassion, right? And the fact that I truly believe that as we as Christians and believers, if we didn't see or if we saw other people our friends our family and other people in our lives if we saw them as how Jesus sees them then I don't think bitterness would be a thing I really don't I don't think grudges would be a thing I don't think unforgiveness would be a thing because that's not how Jesus sees us right every time that we're walking with Jesus and our walk with him and we screw up we sin against him we break his heart How does he respond? Does he hold grudges? When we apologize, when we weep at his feet and ask for his forgiveness, does he look at us and tell us, geez, again? Really, are you going to do this again? Or even hesitate to accept our apology? No. There's no way that he does that. That's just not the character of who God is. And so when we do that to others... We're reflecting poorly on Jesus, right? Because that's not how he responds to us. So how would we respond any differently, right? I remember a specific example that comes to my head is about three years ago, I was working as a CNA in a nursing home, and I loved the job to pieces, but it was extremely hard for me at the time because I was the only believer in the whole place that I worked at. There was maybe a couple residents who you could tell, you know, in the past they would go to church and things like that, but it was was pretty lukewarm. So the job itself was extremely hard for me, and I remember at that time that the Lord was trying to teach me about how to see other people like himself, and so I knew it was from Jesus because I don't think this way, right, but I remember walking around the nursing home and even just like... I would see a person that has like a weird looking outfit, like something super superficial, right? And I would just see that and just think in my head, like, oh, that's really bad. (laughs) Just something superficial like that, or someone like a resident or another CNA, they would have a really, really bad attitude with me, right? And I would start to automatically start having like really, really unhealthy thoughts about them. And I'm not kidding, and this is why I say it was definitely from the Lord, because I don't think like this is immediately, it felt like the Holy Spirit was softening my heart. And he would say things to me, like, really? You know that person is made in my image, right? Right. And it humbled me really, really quick. Or sometimes when I would judge people based on the attitude that they had towards me, he would say things to me, like, you don't have the best attitude right now, do you? And it humbled me. in the most gentle way that Jesus spoke to me it started changing the way that I looked on people, right? So I think, especially as Christians and followers of Jesus, we should not have this narrative of the way that we look at people, that we should just be walking around just waiting for someone to mess up so we can judge them, or just waiting for something to, someone to say the wrong thing so we can just cancel them out of our lives, right? We should be constantly looking at people and giving compassion Giving grace, right? That's what Jesus says to us, and so that's exactly what we should do to other people, right? Now, if you could go to the next slide, CJ. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's really good. Now, the next point that I want to get on tonight, I'm just warning you this is going to be a lot shorter because I don't have notes. (laughs) But... (laughs) But the, literally, I'm not even kidding, like two days ago, my lovely friend Katie Chapman and I were hanging out, and we were just talking about life, the things that are going on in each other's lives, and Katie asked me, she was like, do you think that forgiveness and healing are the same thing? And I sat there, and I, I had to think about it for a couple minutes, because I was like, ah, I don't know. But after I thought about it for a little bit, I was like, you know, I don't think they are. I really don't, because if we say that forgiveness is not a feeling and it's a choice, then healing is on the other side is a process, right? Yeah. We need to forgive someone in our hearts, because that's how Jesus asks us to respond to others, but that doesn't mean always that healing is just going to come rapidly, yeah. right? We are humans with human feelings, with emotions, emotions that God gifted us, right? Because if you didn't know, God also has emotions, right? I mean, you see it plenty, plenty of times in the gospel that even Jesus himself, he has anger. He weeps. He cries over us. He's frustrated. I mean, if you read even some of the accounts between him and the Pharisees, he gets pretty frustrated pretty frequently frequently with them, right, Right. so we were given emotions by God, and so these emotions aren't a bad thing, and so the one thing that I don't want us to leave tonight and just think that emotions, we should just turn them off, right, cut off the healing process, cut off the emotions, and just choose to forgive, right, that's not where I want to get at tonight, for we need to accept these emotions, right, we need to accept what's going on, Because that's exactly what cancel culture tells us not to do, right? Cancel culture thinks that they are validating emotions, right, that it's uplifting for you to just turn away someone just because you don't agree with their beliefs. But that's actually not validating their emotions. That's just turning them off. That's just saying that you don't have to have your emotions face to face. You don't have to acknowledge them. Just shut the door and you don't have to deal with it. Right, yeah. but for in forgiveness, we need to accept the wrongs that are done to us and the wrongs that we do to other people. But we also need to accept the emo- emotions that are happening. Mm-hmm. Right. So forgiveness it starts with just forgiving people, and I'm saying this out of a mindset that forgiveness is just not a one cho- or a one stop shop. Yeah. Right. I know plenty of times, especially in my personal life, you don't just wake up one morning and just choose to forgive someone and the healing process just starts, right? I remember specifically in my personal life, this was like right when I first gave my life to Jesus, there was a person in my life that I, it was really, really, really hard for me to forgive them, right? There was a lot of pain, there was a lot of heartbreak there. And I remember, especially for the first six months of my walk with Jesus, I knew that I had to forgive this person, right? I knew that I had to. And so it's not like I just woke up one morning, chose to forgive them, and then just kept going on with my life. But it was a day-to-day thing of waking up and asking Jesus, Lord, will you help me forgive them? I want to forgive them, but I need your help because I can't do this without you. I can't do this on my own right? So we need to ask Jesus into that. And after a while, it took a while for me to fully want to forgive them. And I, I'm telling you, there were some mornings that I would wake up and I'm like, I, I have so much bitterness in my heart right now that I don't want to forgive this person. And so instead I would ask the Lord, help me. And I would start praying for them. And I, and I'm telling you guys, I'm straight up telling you, Praying for someone that you're holding a grudge against or that you're upset with softens your heart like no other. It humbles you and it puts you into the perspective that you're not any better than them. Right? You're not. I know Jake Holiday, one of his one-liners, he says all the time, is at the foot of the cross the ground is level. So if we let our hearts be in a humble position of realizing that we are no better than the person next to us, that we see this person the way that Jesus sees us, and that we pray for them, we put them as a human being at the foot of Jesus at the altar of him, I mean guys, (laughs) it really, really can change your heart and change your whole perspective on what forgiveness looks like. And so I wanna follow this up with also saying that if we're saying that forgiveness is not a feeling and it's a choice, then I think we have to go in with the same thinking that bitterness is also a choice, right. right? Because I don't feel like we can put them side by side of saying that hurt feelings are the same thing as bitterness, right? Or that healing is the same thing as bitterness because I don't think that they're at the same level right? We need to forgive someone. Forgiveness is a choice. And if we decide in our hearts that forgiveness is not something that we want to do, then we are going to choose to be bitter. Because if you're not, or if you are bitter at someone, then you are literally taking your situation and you're removing it from the feet of Jesus, right? We need to learn that as forgiveness and to let go of the bitterness in our life, then we need to keep submitting these situations to the feet of Jesus, because he's the great physician, right? And he's the only person that can heal us. He's the only person that can do this. Now, praise team, if you guys wanna come back up here. Now, before we finish tonight, I said this was gonna be a little shorter. There is one quote that i want us to just think on and just pray on right so if you want to throw that back up there cj g campbell morgan says this he says notice how the compassion of god shines behind the whole of this forgiveness not because of any worth in the man making his appeal not because of any worth in the sinner to forgiveness but intended to produce in the heart of that man a spirit like the spirit of God. Now, I want us to really, really cling to this last sentence that he says. Well, it's the, it's two sentences. So after the but, it says, but intended to produce in the heart of that man a spirit like the spirit of God, right? So I just want us in this response time to just think about the aspect of why we forgive, right? Of course, we can just say the easy answer that, yes, we forgive because Jesus forgave us. So then in we turn, we'll forgive others. But like, let's really, really look at this last sentence. We forgive, it intends to produce in the heart of that man a spirit like the spirit of God. Because isn't that the whole point of a relationship and closeness to Jesus and through sanctification is just want to become more and more like him, right? And if we want to become more like him, if we want to be sanctified through Jesus and have the Holy Spirit living with, living inside of us, then we need to let go of this bitterness that we hold in our hearts. We need to let go of all of the things that are keeping us farther from Jesus, Right? And tonight, we're talking about that unforgiveness. We're talking about that bitterness that we so often cling to. I mean, guys, like if you can even imagine, I know that we say this all the time, but out on this campus, out on UNC's campus, only 4% of our campus knows Jesus. 4%. And so it's no surprise to me when we have a campus like this that is so lost and so many people are turning to other things and other coping mechanisms, And especially on our campus, that mental health is at the all time worst. right? There's more depression, there's more anxiety, there's more mental illnesses that I can't even sit up here and talk about because I don't even know them, right? It's everywhere. And I honestly think a lot of it, does, or it has to do with the fact that we just close off our hearts to the Holy Spirit from it. We just close it off. We don't want to deal with the emotions because they hurt, because they hurt us. We don't want to acknowledge them. So we just shut them out, shut out the Holy Spirit, and we just move on with our lives. And in turn, just holding the bitterness and every hurt feeling inside of us. So if there's anyone in this room tonight who doesn't know Jesus, but you're sitting here and you can relate to having that bitterness and that hurt in your life, then I want you to know that Jesus is literally the only way to get out of that. He's the only answer. He's the great physician who literally, literally put your heart together. He knows everything about you. He's been through everything hurt in your life that you've had he was standing right there with you he weeps with you he goes through all of these emotions with you because he cares for you and so from this I want us to really really understand tonight in our response time that the only way to respond to the hurt in our lives is to be submitting these things at the feet of Jesus right so, I just want us to think about that tonight. And if I could have Holiday, um, Liv, and who helps up there? Michael and Katie King. If you guys could go to the back and just be ready for someone to just pray with you, right? And I'm seriously telling you guys if there's any type of bitterness or hurt in your lives right now, like something that the Holy Spirit is just pointing out to you like you're holding this grudge you're holding this thing against someone I don't want you to just not acknowledge it right I want you guys to just be open to what the Holy Spirit is telling you and what he wants to change within you all right so let's just take this for time to just really really speak or really seek the Lord and seek what he wants to tell us and what he wants to change in us and change in our hearts. So Lord Jesus, God, I just thank you for this night tonight. Lord, I thank you for taking away my notes. Jesus, and I just pray, Lord, that whatever was spoken tonight, Jesus, that you would just let it resonate in our hearts. Lord, let it change us. Jesus, don't let us leave being the same person Lord would you let every single person in this room would you let us acknowledge the hurts and the things that are happening in our hearts right now the unforgiveness that we're just so stubborn to let go of Jesus and just be open in realizing that you are the only person that's going to be able to come with us and to heal us through this process so Jesus we love you God and we thank you for this time tonight Lord and I pray Jesus that you would just allow us just to sit with you at your feet Lord and be changed by you we love you Jesus we pray all these things in your name Amen
0: For more information please visit xaunc.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash xaunc Our Instagram handle is at XAUNC, and you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel by searching for Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.